Welcome back to another episode of High TV's Cannabis News Now. Hope you guys are coming into 2020 with brand new intentions, a lot more goals to accomplish, and you started off the right way. Got a bottle of champagne, popped it, had, had a nice time, and hopefully you not only celebrated the coming of the new year, but mentally you've already laid out the path for this new year. You know, the, the quote for 2020 is the vision is clear and hopefully your vision is clear to where you want to be either in the cannabis industry or in life overall. But I'm sure you will. I mean, we're high fam. We kind of have a different way of living life. You know, we enjoy cannabis, but we also like to stay informed and know what the hell is going on. And that just doesn't go for cannabis. That's all around the world. Like World War Three might be coming soon. That's that's a serious topic. But nonetheless, you're listening to Cannabis News Now and not CNN. You feel me? So let's get back into news topics. So it hasn't been that crazy of a week, but a lot of news has popped up, you know? So this episode would be, you know, about a medium to large pause in length due to the amount of stories that came out in a short amount of time. So let's go through the headlines. And of course, I'll run through the headlines, then dive deep into some of them, and then give you guys more insight and obviously give you, give you my opinion on the matter. So let's get started. First, we have Illinois dispensaries sell, get this, $3.2 million worth of cannabis on the first day. I mean, congratulations overall to the state of Illinois for legalizing cannabis. But as you saw on Instagram, those lines were super long. So more on that coming up. So next, we have the feds approved ban on flavored vaporizer. So it looks like they were in conversation. They were debating. They were seeing whether they were going to do it or whether they weren't going to do it. And in banning flavored vaporizers. And it looks like they went ahead and decided to go ahead and implement that ban. I mean, listen, I went to the smoke shop the other day to push some of my own product in there. And they had mentioned, <laughs> they mentioned a new flavor of vaporizer. But I'm like, yo, what's that? It caught my eye. It was an all white vaporizer. You know, these things are colored, right? And uh, have different flavors. This one said clear. It was all white vaporizer, disposable, and it was clear. And I'm like, yo, who buys this clear product anyway? And she told me due to the impending, is that the word? Yes, impending ban, they decided to come out with a version of their product that would be legal in certain states. I believe places like Georgia and a few other places don't allow flavored e-cigarettes to be sold. And if they do sell it, they're doing it illegally. So in order not to, I guess, lose sales, they have, and lose a client rather, they decided to help their client out give them a clear portable or disposable vaporizer to sell where it's flavorless bland is just nicotine right so it's meant to not be directed at kids so we'll see how this goes uh next we have washington state removes online map of cannabis businesses in response to recent burglaries i mean just last week we was telling you guys about how dangerous it is to be a cash incentive business especially in the cannabis world because not only are you vulnerable in your retail space you also are vulnerable in your uh grow where you grow your cannabis where you process your cannabis right those distribution centers that have hordes of cannabis around they got to be kept secret because people will rob them all right, next we have the the big story today. This one was ringing bells all over on Reddit, on Facebook, Instagram. I mean, listen, there's a new cannabinoid found with 
30 times the potency of THC. Now, all you guys out here that have smoked THC before, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I know you do and take THC. That's why you listen to this podcast. You know how strong THC can be, especially when you had large amounts, right? Think back back in the day when you were like in high school, naive, not knowing about cannabis, whatever age you were for that matter, and tried an edible. Remember how strong of an effect that THC gave you? Like personally, when I tried edibles for the first time, I would look left, I would look right, and everything would be slowed down. Like I'm in a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> you feel me? Like I'm seeing almost doubles of things. It was crazy. It was like what they had on TV even, you know? But with that being said, if you have something that's 30 times stronger than THC, we'll get into my speculation on that in a moment. But let's go back to the first story of the day, which is Illinois. On Instagram, you guys saw that video that was crazy long lines like lines they were in lines for hours they weren't in like in a long like imagine going to disney world at the peak of the summertime for like their most popular ride that's how long the lines were like you ever go to those amusement parks and they have a little timer to say it's a two-hour wait it was a five-hour wait to get into the dispensary to buy your legal cannabis mind you it's the dead middle of winter all right, in Illinois, all right, the Midwest, they're freezing out there, freezing, all right, all of them got jackets, mittens, <laughs> you feel me, long johns underneath, and they waited out there, that's how much people, that's how excited I should say people were for the legalization of cannabis, they really wanted to happen, they really could not wait, they needed it, all right, and the worst part about it is, if you follow my Instagram, I've been kind of focusing and keying in on Illinois, because what it's coming out is just so interesting. There was a picture of, uh, many pictures rather, you go on Google right now and type in Illinois legal cannabis receipt and see the amount of taxes people are getting on their legal cannabis. So it, it, it made me ask the question, would you wait in a line for your legal cannabis if you're in Illinois? For some people, they would, right? When I used to talk to a lot of people who bought medical marijuana, they would refer to me and tell me that they waited decades for this to happen. All right, when they're my age in the 70s, they never thought it was ever a possibility that cannabis could be legalized. You know, if you're on the, you know, hippie side of culture, in your mind, you're thinking the government doesn't want your mind to be free and cannabis is something that does that, as was it, what was explained to me. So some people were so excited for the reality to be able to participate in what California and Colorado has been doing for years already that they decided to sacrifice their warmth, <laughs> you know, their, their legs, you feel me? And their pockets really to go ahead and participate in legal cannabis. You saw the video outside. It's not snowing, but there's snow on the ground. It's super cold. The lines are long as five hours and they got taxed out the ass. They, they were getting tax, tax on the fact that it was edibles, tax on the potency, tax on this. I mean, it literally amazed me at the fact that um, people really did that. And, and, and it makes sense. If you wait for decades, you're going to go ahead and do what you can and get your hands on some legal cannabis. But me, <laughs> personally, me, listen, even if we got legalized tomorrow in the state of Florida, I'm going to go where there's more bang for my buck. Now, granted, you can probably have more trust in a legal business that's regulated because, you know, you would expect them to potentially uh, have more testing and, and, and care more about the product they're making. But let's be honest with you. A lot of the products coming out of these areas or these, um, which, out of these, excuse me, dispensaries aren't the top quality. Like you cut into a pre-roll from like True Leave, you're highly disappointed. 
And it's because it's mass marketed. It's, it's mass produced, I should say. You know, try to, if you eat food that's made by a chef, it's going to taste amazing because a chef is passionate about food, has spent years perfecting his craft. However, you go ahead and go to the, go to the, go, go to the mall and go to the food area and they're mass producing this food to feed the thousands of people that go to the mall or like a cafeteria, the food's not gonna be as good. You can't give the attention and love it can for that food on the plate. But a chef, a chef is different. So what I'm saying that to say is, even though people made the sacrifices to go ahead and participate in the industry and get taxed out their ass and wait in the cold, you know, forever, you know, will the dispensary be able to deliver the type of product that these people may want? Because yes, it may be legal, right? To buy from these dispensaries, but then it's also legal to have in your person. So then lastly, that also makes it legal to be, or makes it much easier to be in a black market. And if the black market can get their hands on product that's way better than what the dispensaries can ever produce, will the dispensaries be able to survive? I mean, there's dispensaries in Washington that are closing down. No, not Washington, excuse me, in Missouri, medical marijuana dispensaries in Missouri, rather, that are closing down because they blame the regulators. I mean, don't blame the regulators. Blame yourself for not making the best product possible. You know, if you build it, they will come. If it's good, they will come back and they'll tell their friends about it and they'll come back too. So hopefully Illinois can uh, keep up this streak. They made $3.2 million. You kind of got to say like Dr. Evil, like million dollars in a day. Uh, kudos to them. Um, they're projected to be about a $2 billion, uh, $2 billion in revenue. Of course, you don't make that much with that amount of tax. Have you seen the taxes that they were putting on people? I mean, it was surely jaw dropping when I saw the amount of taxes there. Now, granted, yes, you do have places like California that often give you a similar amount of taxes. Yes, that's very true. But... But you got to realize you got to I don't know. You got to realize that this can't last long. I don't think because if you see the problems that California is already having with their low revenue and taxes because people aren't buying as much, you know why their revenue is so low. It's low for the simple fact that people don't want to spend that much bread on taxes. They don't want to give back to Uncle Sam, you know. So hopefully they lower the taxes in California, do the same thing in Illinois, which there's no incentive to, right? They're a government. Your goal is to tax, make money, and make everyone happy because you have more in your uh, in more in your budget to spread out. So who knows, man? Hopefully, hopefully Illinois can come back. I'm trying to pull up the receipt here, but for some reason technology isn't agreeing with me right now. You know, sometimes technology is your friend, sometimes it isn't. You know. But uh, nonetheless, nonetheless, I'm happy to see that Illinois has finally found themselves in the like uh, in the likes of rather legalization. Um, I similar to other places, Illinois, not every county has legalized cannabis. You know, you saw this happen in Michigan where they legalized cannabis, but there's only but so many counties. Right. I believe it's what. Uh, 21 percent of the of the state allows cannabis to be sold so now you're gonna have lines like that all right you're gonna have lines that long if people have to drive 10 minutes hours away just to get their hands on a one shop in the area and of course it's gonna change over time it's gonna change so kudos to chicago I, I know people are going to go to the games. People are going to show up at Chicago Bull games, Chicago Cub games, White Sox games, Bears games. They're going to be high as hell. I mean, listen, the amount of 
snacks and sales is going to be sold at these <laughs> arenas are going to be outrageous everyone's going to have cotton mouth so water sales are going to go out of the roof right they're going to be selling a lot more gum a lot a lot more things so shout out to illinois overall because i think legalizing cannabis will help out especially in a place like chicago where there's so much gun crime that we need to see some type of change you know in my opinion i just i just don't like the fact that Chicago has allowed guns to proliferate in the area and that allows it and that causes an open the doors for a possibility for more violence to occur that allows more lives to be lost that allows more families to be destroyed and maybe it's a pipe dream maybe this is me being optimistic but maybe legalizing cannabis can help with violence in the areas now not all Chicago is dangerous but there are dangerous parts yes like many places in this country you know some some blocks is cool some places is all right other blocks you don't go to at night once the sun hits the horizon you are gone <laughs> you feel me like looney tunes you out of there but with that all jokes aside i do hope that legalizing cannabis in illinois can help with the murder rate in chicago the gun violence in chicago and can even more provide social equity or not just social equity that's just like a bullshit cannabis buzzword but it can provide relief in the form of the money it takes now granted their taxes are high but as i showed you in the video posted on hemp international that was about minorities in the cannabis industry particularly focused in chicago and how they're going to divide the revenues or coming from tax money their whole goal was to get the money from taxes and give it back to the community and that means, you know, giving the money back to help out with people who may not have money enough to eat or money enough to live. Or the money could even go towards people who maybe wanted to enter the industry or do something that in, in the lines of cannabis. You know, it was very important what the Black Caucus did in Chicago to allow for legal like they black caucus actually slowed down legalization in the area to make sure their policies were right for the people you know what i'm saying they're put into place to help out the people and they did just that so i'm just waiting my, listen i'm looking at my watch right now you know i'm seeing it go tick tock tick tock and i'm waiting to see what happens over time with the revenue the equity programs and whatever else is created in Chicago as a base of helping out the community. So again, to wrap this up, I hope that the legalization of cannabis in Illinois can help with the gun violence, right? It can help cause more peace in areas that are distraught with obscene amounts of gun violence. Uh, I hope the social equity programs is legit and they actually put the money in the right place. And last but not least, I know the taxes are high, as I said on the Instagram video, that boy thick. And that that ticket, that receipt, that, yo, that's, a lot, that's a lot of taxes. I mean, the guy paid, what, $372 for an ounce, right? And he ended up having to pay, what, what was it, $485? So he had how much? $113 in tax? Bro, $113 in tax. God damn. Anyway, folks, let's move on to the next story. Illinois, of course. Uh, oh, before I get going, Illinois, one last story. You guys probably saw, saw it on the Instagram the governor pardoned 11,000. That's 11,000. Pardoned 11,000 people who had low-level marijuana convictions. This is huge. Um, it's 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 huge. And it's I love how quickly it happened. Because in so many areas where they legalized cannabis, it took so long for them to get around to expunging people's records. As if the private prisons were making so much money off of the prisoners that it was obscene for them to 
expunge them and release them on cannabis convictions. You know, you know how much money these prisoners are worth towards these corporations that own these prisons. But that's another topic for another day. But for this, that's 11,000 people whose lives are now made just that much better. You know, not only have they gotten the freedom to be released behind the bars that locked them in a cage for something that was non-violent, like selling a bag of weed to feed your family. Now they're free to do much more things to even rise up out of poverty, rise up past being an ex-convict, getting their their record wiped. You know, it, it, it is simply, simply amazing. So I read officials estimate 116,000 convictions for possession of 30 grams or less. That's a little bit over an ounce of marijuana are eligible for pardons under the new law. Quote, we are ending the 50 year long war on cannabis. We are restoring the rights to many tens of thousands of Illinoisans. I didn't know Illinoisans was a word. A word of the week, Illinoisans. Anyway, we are, quote unquote, we are bringing regulation and safety to a previously unsafe and illegal market. And we are creating a new industry that puts equity at its very core. So for the governor to say this, not someone who is a part of a black caucus or a part of some type of public uh, good group. The actual governor says that this legalization of cannabis is for the people, is to help out, is to expunge these people who are behind bars and help out our society, is a huge step in the right direction. And I'm not saying, unlike California, where California makes laws and then other states follow, similar to New York, Illinois may not be that state. But hopefully they influence how other states in the Midwest would react, like Missouri or like other states around the Midwest, you know, Nebraska, whatnot. Minnesota. Uh, but yeah, man, yo, oh, that they just said over nearly 120,000 convictions could be wiped away. That's 100. Listen, you guys understand. That's a lot of people to have, you know, their records wiped clean, be able to attend school, be able to get jobs much better and provide for their families and live a happier life. You understand how much of a detriment it could be to have something on your record that could prevent you from doing other things. Now, granted, some people have this record on them and they're still able to transcend and move up into in society. Despite what society has said and deemed them to be worthless criminals, they're able to do something worthwhile for their life and others. So I'm just happy that the doors are open. I'm happy that the shackles are being cut off and these people are able to live free. Of course, when a plant like cannabis brings so much people happiness and helps them out and it's not a violent thing, why ruin people's lives for a simple plant that comes out of the fucking ground? Come on. All right, so last story before we head to the break, we're going to talk about the federal ban on flavored vaporizers. So this time I'm going to read off the story and then I'm going to get back to you guys about uh, my opinion. So federal regulators have unveiled a new policy that will enforce an FDA ban on fruit and mint flavors in e-cigarettes. Federal regulators have unveiled their enforcement policy on flavored e-cigarette products that includes enforcing a Food and Drug Administration approved ban on fruit and mint flavors. According to the FDA guidance document for the industry, tobacco and menthol flavored products will be permitted, but the agency intends to crack down on manufacturers and retailers of otherwise flavored e-cigarettes. The 2019 National Youth Tobacco Survey found that more than 5 million U.S. middle school and high school users have used e-cigarette products within the last 30 days. 
Now, I felt like I sound, <laughs> I felt, <laughs> I felt like I sounded like fucking CNN anchor. But no, seriously, 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 this is a great thing. Even though I myself may partake into the e-cigarette from time to time, you know, slash all the time. But the fact is, I like that they're doing this because these companies have found a way to absorb the market share that traditional tobacco companies had, which was, of course, selling cigarettes. And instead of having Joe Camel or having, you know, cigarettes in movies, like I'm sure tobacco companies would pay uh, Hollywood to have movies that have scenes with cigarettes in them because that's product placement to help it sell it. And now, oh man, I just thought of something. I just had an epiphany. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, it's it's a, it's an epidemic that is growing that a lot of these high schoolers are partaking in e-cigarettes. And the fact that we had people actually die and get vape lung from vaping these flavored e-cigarettes is a reason why you know the country will jump. But but I say that as a person that doesn't like to drink the media Kool-Aid or like to drink the conventional, this is what's bad and this is what's good type of stuff, right? And I say that because, I don't know, the long-term studies haven't come out yet, so we have no clue. We have uh, no clue what the long-term effects are of taking e-cigarettes on the lungs, on the body, and on its potential cancer-causing uh, ability. However, we do have long-term studies on tobacco. And what we can do is draw conclusions from studies done of old to see what this new thing that is similar may invoke on the population. So with tobacco, what happened? Doctors said tobacco was great. It was good for you. It was uh, somehow a sign for uh, feminist rights when they had like women light up in like a protest for cigarettes and it caused cigarette sales to blow up. Right. It, it was so many positive things being put around this this creation that was ultimately a, a grim reaper wrapped in a white paper. And the reason why they say it is cancerous is because of the 400 odd chemicals that exist in a cigarette that's meant to make it burn even that's meant to make the flavor taste better that's meant to do all these other small effects to make the product better but eventually when you breathe it in it causes cancer it's a carcinogen it causes mutation literally in the dna that can lead to potential cancers one of those chemicals also is nicotine nicotine well they say that nicotine on itself doesn't cause uh cancer but it does have ability to be a mutagen aka it changes your dna not make you a fucking superhero mutant, but just cause the mutation in your DNA to make incorrect proteins. And if you have proteins that are misfolded and don't look right, then all other functions that the protein is meant to cause is going to be fucked up. So long story short, I see exactly why this ban is necessary. Now, at first, I was very defensive. I was thinking that, as you heard in the podcast, I was under the belief that the tobacco companies saw an opportunity. They saw that the market was being lost towards these e-cigarettes and they wanted to not lose market share. So what do they do? Uh, was it the creator of Marlboro? Don't remember the, the actual company that owns Marlboro, but just to use them as an example, a company as big as Maltro, is, is it Altria? Anyway, they, uh, they apparently were working 
in some way with the government to get some ban on e-cigarette caused or a temporary ban it was and then the same week the ban was initiated they released a herbal vaporizer meant for tobacco so these geniuses in these tobacco boardrooms that probably have silver hair and don't know what the kids like thought that kids would like to vaporize tobacco have you ever vaporized tobacco it's probably the nastiest thing you could possibly do Tobacco is just not good at all. I mean, at all. It isn't. And the thing is, the reason why people use tobacco is because it's addictive. It's not something you enjoy the flavor of. You enjoy. It's really addictive. You know, I'm, talk to people that smoke cigarettes. They don't. They don't smoke a cigarette and say, "Ah, the flavor. It tastes so good." No, it's it's addictive. They got to do it. If they don't do it, they feel nervous. They feel off. They get withdrawal symptoms. So with that being said, I understand why there's a ban. It's a, a documentary on Netflix. I don't remember what it's called, but it's focusing on different things such as makeup in China that is bad as bootleg makeup that can cause girls to be hurt. And this episode in particular was the vaping issue. They talked about how in the UK, they actually were for vaping because get this, it caused people to smoke less cigarettes. And as a person who was an advocate for the anti-cigarette cause, I'm making up the name because I'm not focusing on the exact name, but the advocate was saying that anything that could be done to get human beings to stop smoking cigarettes, he will fight to have us use that. Now, granted, here in America, we have a different approach. In the UK, they had e-cigarettes as an alternative towards people who are addicted to cigarettes, which I believe cigarette use in America and in, in Europe is still stable compared to what we have here in the U.S. where cigarette use is dropping profusely. And chances are it's because these high schoolers, these millennials, including myself, don't see anything attractive about cigarettes, don't want to reach out to smoke one. And now that we have something like an e-cigarette that exists, we can get that, I guess, feeling that nicotine gave our generations earlier but that something should taste like blueberries and apple pie so i probably went a long about way to say this but i have came to the tune of understanding why the ban is necessary we don't want to create a new generation of individuals who are getting the heart disease who are getting the lung uh ailments you know who are ha having obstruct what's it called Obs ocpd obstructive pulmonary something disorder Anyway, we don't want any of these pulmonary diseases to arise in this next generation, right? We see that the, ba the baby boomers are our largest generation and a lot of the baby boomers are sick. That's why the healthcare industry is booming right now because these baby boomers smoke these cigarettes. They didn't care about Coca-Cola was a sugary mess that caused diabetes and other things. So a lot of these baby boomers are going through a tough time. And uh, as, as people who are listening to this podcast, who I know that you were born mostly in the 90s, you know, you were born in the 90s or 80s. You know, we're going to be in that baby that baby boomer stage soon. And uh, it, we have to look after our health because no one else is going to look after our health like we are. So I'm glad that our generation is more woke when it comes to knowing what's healthy for you. We may go over the top with it's gluten free. I'm allergic to gluten and all that other BS. But either way, our mind's in the right place. <laughs> you know, you know, avocado toast is going to be great for us if that's all we're eating as millennials. So my message is focus on your health. If you're a vapor, you're trying to quit vaping, I get it because I've been there. I'm currently there. And hopefully we can, you know, stay away from the vaping, stay away from nicotine. I just told you nicotine causes mutagens and mutagens can potentially, plausibly cause cancer. 
So with that being said, we are going to go ahead to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to you about Washington and how they're getting robbed. All right, they're getting robbed in Washington and what they did to try and stop the robberies. And last but not least, what is a compound that is 30 times more potent than THC? I don't think the world's ready for that. I don't think the world's ready for that. 30 times, imagine having munchies 30 times stronger than it already is. What type of concoction will you create? <laughs> you feel me? You get ketchup and milkshakes and all. Remember when uh, Sonic created the bacon milkshake? I love bacon. I think bacon is probably the best meat on this planet. I mean, technically, bacon is meat candy. Really? <laughs> really? That's how good it is. But I get why they want to create bacon-centered products. But, yo, Sonic created this bacon milkshake, and it was the most disgusting thing you've ever had in your life. Because, granted, they probably cooked the bacon, put some type of crazy preservative in it, and then put it in ice cream. Who wants to taste ice cream with bacon in it? Some things need to be held sacred. I don't know why I'm going over the rant about bacon, but my point is we'll be right back under the break. Enjoy this brief moment. I know it's going to be a long podcast, but guess what? It's going to be a long year. All right. I'm going to bring you, give you the news. You're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it. And I appreciate if you listen to the ad because that's how we get paid. So stay tuned. Stay hot, folks. High TV. This podcast is brought to you by WeTube. If you have ever gotten your content banned, demonetized, or removed from platforms like YouTube, this is the app for you. You can make a channel for free and gain over 300,000 subscribers like the other popular WeTubers on the platform. It's free and you can get paid for your videos with a promise of never getting deleted. That's WeTube available on Apple and Android platforms. Again, this is a platform for censored content creators by censored content creators. If you love cannabis like we do here at High TV and Hemp International, check out WeTube today. The platform for weed content creators. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the second half of today's episode. For all you guys that sat down and listened to the ad while it played, I want to give you a warm virtual hug and tell you thank you. Appreciate you listening to our advertisement. For those of you that press 30 seconds skip come on man come on you can't listen to my ad you can't help but do it out all right let me stop let me stop <laughs> but now uh, let's get into the story for the second half episode man i know y'all got stuff to do all right so first half or first news story we have italy nice old italy as you saw on instagram italy voted that it is legal to grow cannabis at home uh the officials had mentioned how well, I'll just read it off for you. Italy's Supreme Court has ruled that home-growing cannabis for private use is legal, according to the Guardian report. In the landmark ruling, the court said narcotic laws should exclude small amounts grown domestically for exclusive use of the grower. I wish America thought the same way. The ruling does not outline what small amounts, which is great. I love gray areas in laws so you can play around with it, would be considered legal by the court however the case stems from another case 
The case stems from another case. Wow. Good writers on this one. <laughs> the case stems from another case dealing with the cultivation of two cannabis plants. In Italy, cannabis containing less than 0.6% THC has been sold commercially after being legalized three years ago. However, Matteo Salvini, leader... <laughs> Leader of the far right league party has threatened to shut down shops that sell low low strength legal cannabis. So yeah, uh, as you guys, as you told you before, CBD flower was a big thing here in the states. It was a huge thing in Europe um, because we had access to such high quality cannabis, whether from the black market or whether it's from medical marijuana or legal dispensaries. We kind of trended towards getting that cannabis because it got us what we wanted but if you're in a place like europe where getting high quality weed wasn't easy but getting hashish was there was a demand for getting better quality flour so in europe there came a time starting in 2016 where so many shops were selling cbd flour uh, they call it by different names in different countries uh italy was one of those countries i believe they had they allowed at one time one percent thc a new law came out that it switched to 0.6 percent thc and that's what it's been like since then so because of this case they decided hey look weed is no big deal we don't care you know go ahead and grow your weed i don't have an italian accent for you guys i'm sorry but they said it's cool go ahead and grow your cannabis at home enjoy yourself like enjoy your weed you imagine imagine growing weed in your home like a little bonsai tree you feel me having your italian wine on the side you know italians drink wine with everything even mcdonald's they got wine in the mcdonald's crazy and you have your weed there. You're able to light up your little spliff, have your wine on the side, and go ahead and do your work or write or just enjoy yourself, enjoy your company, enjoy your date. I mean, it sounds like a good time to me. And I'm sure that's coming to New York, that's coming to America soon. But it is international, and so I want to make sure I have some international story in the mix. So let's head back to the states. Let's get into what's happening on the West Coast. Washington. Oh, Washington. Washington state removes online map of cannabis businesses in response to recent burglaries. As we mentioned, if you want a cash intensive business, no matter what it is, especially like businesses like the strip club have a lot of danger because they're cash incentive. There's a lot of cash on hand. So you can theoretically steal the money and not have it be traced back to you. Right. If you have a business where a lot of the money being paid is done digitally, it's hard to rob the place because the money is held virtually. So like cannabis companies, it's a big issue once the Safe Banking Act got reversed by the government, as mentioned in last episode, because now you're opening up these cannabis businesses to do shady things to have their money put into a safe that's on the premises until they can transport that safe you know, to the bank or have Brinks trucks literally drive up to the cannabis businesses, take all their cash, and then the Brinks truck will drop it off to somewhere for them. I mean, some companies have these things called a floating bank where like their money is done virtually and it's like a lot of other shady crap. I mean, let me just read a story for you and tell you why they decided to take their take themselves off the map. I'll do the same thing. A recent rash of break-ins at uh, marijuana companies in Washington state has spurred regulators to remove an online map that details where cannabis producers and processors were located. The burglaries have resulted in a loss of product, cash, and equipment. Damn, their equipment though? Shit. On top of physical damage to facilities, underscoring a possible downside of making such a map publicly available. 
Man, that's rough. That's real rough. Like not only was the cash being stole, I was under the impression it was just cash, but they're stealing equipment too and product. So not only are these robbers getting your cash, they're getting a shitload of weed and they're getting equipment to make more weed products. That's a lose, lose, lose. Uh, last bit of it. Agencies removed the map from its website last week as a precautionary move, even though there's no definitive link between the map and the break-ins. I mean, come on. They probably reported this to the cops. The cops couldn't do anything to find the robbers. And they're saying, and the cops try to save their own ass by saying, hey, it's the map. Are you stupid? Why would you have your business on the map? Take it off the map. Like, it's not Dora the Explorer. It's not about the fucking map. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, imagine Dora talking through the screen. <laughs> Where's the cannabis dispensary, kids? <laughs> Let's ask the man. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I mean, get that silly. But uh, seriously, man, I, I get it, though. If you have a business that's cannabis, you don't want people knowing what it is. That's common practice in the legal cannabis industry where your locations are only known by those it needs to be known by, right? By its employees that work there um, and by those who are probably higher up in the company's rankings and therefore those are people you can trust you know what i'm saying um and i'm sure a lot of these robberies can be inside jobs as most robberies are you're upset that you didn't get a raise you're upset over the manager being an asshole you know you're upset over these many things and so you plot your 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 revenge by causing a robbery on the scene as if you look up most robberies that happen at retail locations most of the time it's an inside job like they know where the cameras are they know where the, the weaknesses are you feel me they're telling luke skywalker where to hit in the, in the death star to me, that was a dumb plot and ex machina, but whatever. But back to this story. So I believe this story isn't uncommon. I mean, we've told you about robbing robberies happening happening in Colorado, and I'm sure they're going to be happening all over the place. I mean, Illinois is probably next when it comes to, you know, these uh, robberies. That's what we're seeing security businesses being huge for these cannabis uh, installments, whether you're growing, whether you're processing cannabis or your retail space, you're going to have armed security. Um, and to be honest, for the public who are not a part of the cannabis culture, it might not be a good look to see that cannabis is being sold here. And then there's a guy with a big machine gun on his on his hip. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have Wendell in the 96 year old woman being like, I will never shop there. That looks dangerous. And then we're not going to lo really lose that stigma. But for someone like me that's thinking myopically right i think long term even though we're going to have these precautionary measures had as they just did by taking themselves off the map these problems are going to edge themselves out you know what i'm saying like you have a, like i said the industry is going into adolescence and it's showing signs of being a young adult but it's not quite there yet you feel me it hasn't even grown a full beard yet you know voice is still crackling every now and then <laughs> you know so uh i think these problems are going to smooth themselves out i think Sooner enough, we're not going to need to have armed security on the premises because a lot of the cash can be done virtually. They can have their bank accounts. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, cannabis would be worth so much less per gram because it's available everywhere. The reason why during alcohol prohibition that you had the Kennedys rise in, in, in wealth and you had the Al Capones rise in wealth is because it wasn't available. So the alcohol they had had a much higher value, and so they made much more money on it. And when you add criminality towards the business, that just protected their own investment, right? 
However, once alcohol is widely available, you have a lot of retailers, a lot of wineries, a lot of breweries, you have everything that exists. The price of alcohol per liter is probably dirt cheap compared to what it was when it was when it was going through prohibition. And the same thing is happening now in cannabis. Look what happened in um Oregon, where Oregon was selling $25 ounces. That's how bad it was. It looked like Oregon had a strategy of saying, let's give everybody growing licenses and let's only give a few people, um, let's only give a few people retail licenses. And that resulted in an oversupply of product and not enough demand. And so the value of the product went all the way down so they can sell $25 ounce. And it, was, it wasn't bad weed either. Like you hear $25 ounce and you think it's a brick weed that came off the bottom of a boat from Cancun. Like, no, it's not shitty Mexican brick weed. This is real high quality indoor cannabis being sold that low, less than a dollar a gram. Way, le way less than a dollar a gram. That comparison was really worth it. Scratch what I just said. It was just sold really, really cheaply. So um, hopefully the situation smooths out in Washington. They had to do what they had to do. They had to protect their investment. Um, they said there was no link between maps and burglaries, but they're trying to protect any way they can. You know, I don't think the issue is the map. As I mentioned, I think it's an inside job type of thing. You know, if you have vulnerabilities, if you have vulnerabilities, why can't I say that fucking word? If, <laughs> if you have vulnerabilities, <laughs> I feel like I got peanut butter in my mouth every time I say that word. If you are vulnerable, yes, my English teacher will be proud. If you are vulnerable, you're going to have, you know, people at your job who are disgruntled who will take advantage of how vulnerable that business is. So hopefully Washington solves this issue. The burglaries will lessen, but I think it's a part of the industry, you know, going through adolescence, right? Maybe you have somebody who's a teenager who was like really late, irresponsible, you know, not clean, smelly and stuff like that. When you get to an adult, it's not it's not, it's not like that. They they grow out of it. They become more responsible. They're able to pay the bills. They're able to do these different things. It's a part of growing up and the industry is growing up in front of our very eyes. It's just taking much longer than we thought it would, which is a good thing, because if you're a listener, that means that you have time to get into the industry however way you can, whether it be an ancillary business or it's a touching the plant, growing the plant, anything with the plant business. Listen to our episode on how to get into the cannabis industry where I give you guys all that stuff and then some. All right, so for our last story of the day, night, however time you listen to this, we're gonna talk about that mysterious compound that's 30 times more potent than THC. Now, because a lot of technicalities exist in this article, I want to read it off for you first and then give you my opinion, because sometimes I could get lost in my own sauce and then y'all don't have the full facts. So let me go ahead and uh, dive into it. So the mystery compound is called, I mean, yo, the fact that it's 30 times stronger than THC is amazing. I mean, like I said, you know how strong THC is. Like you can have 10 milligrams of it and it's equated to 30 milligrams, you know? I wonder what that will cause. You feel me? Imagine what people would do if they're in the cannabis industry already when they find out something is 30 times more potent. That means that if you're a businessman, you're gonna think, hey, I think I just did what I said. <laughs> I just, I'm gonna read it off now, I'm gonna get back to my, my opinions later. So the mystery compound is called THCP. A compound recently discovered by Italian researchers, oh, Italy in the 
podcast twice today. Italian researchers appears to have an affinity for the CB1 receptors that is more than 30-fold higher than that of THC. Researchers at Italy's University of Saliento, <laughs> like I know fucking Italian, have discovered two new compounds, THCP, oh cool, and CBDP. All right, and the THCP could be more potent than THC. I wonder if the P stands for potent. That was corny. According to an outline of the study by the growth op and tests on mice, researchers found that THCP showed an affinity for CB1 receptor more than 30-fold higher compared to that reported with THC. THCP is endowed of an even higher binding affinity to the CB1 receptor. Just saying the same thing over and over again. And a greater, this is a new word, a cannabimidic? Cannabimidic. Bimidic. Never heard of that word. Whatever that means. Anyway, so THCP is endowed of a higher binding affinity for the CB1 receptor and a greater cannabimidic activity than THC itself. A novel phytocannabinoid isolated from the cannabis sativa L with an in vivo cannabimidic activity higher than Delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol. Delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol. Oh, it's oh, so this new compound's full name is Delta 9 tetrahydrocannabifurol. Furol. Furol. My chemistry teacher be so pissed off I can't say this word correctly and seamlessly. You know, she's like, it's, my chemistry teacher was this nice, well, she was kind of mean, but she was nice to me. But she was a, <laughs> she was a Russian lady and she did not take anything, any, any shit from nobody, you know? So I feel like I get my ass shoot out for mispronouncing this chemistry word. Like I didn't take organic chem. Anyway, so for compound, CBDP reportedly doesn't bind well to CB1 or CB2 receptors, which doesn't make the cannabinoid a priority for further research. However, the researchers said that THCP should be included in the first list of the main phytocannabinoids to be determined for a correct evaluation of the pharmacological effect of cannabis extracts administered to patients. Interesting. So the THCP or the Delta Hydrocannabiferol is 30 times stronger because it has a much better binding affinity towards our receptors. So like anything, we have receptors is how we absorb things into our bodies, right? That causes, you know, when the, let's say the, when THC and Delta 9 gets put into our body, it goes into our CB1 receptors and then we have responses in our brain to it clicking in. Like imagine a plug and imagine, imagine a plug outlet, imagine a plug, that's kind of what the, uh, compound is to our receptors being the outlet and when they connect it causes the chemical reactions in our bodies so with that being said it's almost like this chemical thcp has like a magnet for outlets and is able to 30 times stronger be much able to bind 30 times stronger than the regular thc which means if you have it in your body you, you would absorb it much better than you would thc you'll get higher probably much more quickly and you'll see much more of an effect but here's the cool thing about it so not only will you get higher that's not its only benefit but it seems like the thcp offers a lot of the benefits that CBD offers on its own, meaning the anti-inflammatory and the other compounds that I'll just read it off. According to the study, a new research will continue to test how THCP cannabinoid acts as an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and anti-
what? Something activity. Health benefits most associated with CBD. I don't know why I couldn't say epileptic for just a second. Like I said, recording a podcast at 3 o'clock in the morning isn't the smartest thing to do. You know, your brain don't work as quick. But the fact is, the fact is, THCP could have the ability to offer a lot of the benefits that users get from CBD on its own. So if you want to make your product stronger with much less compounds, but has much more medical benefit, you may stuff your product with THCP. What's even more speculative as what the future may hold for this new discovery is cannabis companies could possibly fortify their products with THCP, kind of how these cereals like Kellogg's and all the other cereal brands fortify their cereal with vitamins where you think on if you look at the, if you look at the nutritional facts it says it has this amount of vitamins in there but they're not real vitamins right the real vitamins you get is from the foods it naturally grows out of those are fortified vitamins therefore you get them absorbed absorbed into your systems but they're missing the necessary enzymes to be as effective as it would if it came from a fresh bell pepper or something you know or fruit or vegetable so it's a possibility in the cannabis industry you could see the similar thing where they would market the product as having this amount of milligrams and therefore you expect a certain amount of effect but the truth is it's much less thc it's uh it's actually yeah much less thc than advertised but it has thcp in there so it can be the dosage that they give you with an asterisk where you would feel the same amount you would get with the same amount of thc but because the thcp is in there and it's 30 times stronger much more effective of absorbing to the body and getting the effect you would therefore need less thc to get the same effect if you're using thcp so what i'm saying is as a business-minded person i can understand why someone may go the route of using this compound instead of good old delta 9 thc because people get much higher on the product even though it's uh much less available but here's the thing what they would have to do now is genetically get to a point or genetically modify the cannabis plant to get to a point where it naturally will will be natural but it would cause the reaction for the cannabis plant to produce much more of this thcp than other strains do which i'm sure they can because a lot of these cbd strains we have nowadays they're not derived from industrial cannabis genetics they're derived from cannabis genetics as in thc genetics and they just wean out the thc so that it has much higher cbd However, they whatever they do in the growing process to do that. And I can see them doing the same thing for this. So could you imagine taking in a product that is 30 times stronger than THC? Now that you've got all the technical stuff out the way, now you understand what it is and what the effect is on your body. Could you imagine that? You know, taking a hundred milligram edible for some people is way too much. For other people, it's a walk in the park. I mean, they wake up, brush their teeth, take a hundred milligram edible and carry out their day. But if you could you imagine that being 30 times stronger to taking like 30? <laughs> like, come on. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine that amount of strength in my body, nor do I want to. You know, it's probably an instant knockout, instant 16-hour nap, like stuff like that. So with that being said, folks, 
I know I've kept you here, guys, long. It's been a longer episode of normal, but hopefully you're enjoying the content. Hopefully you're enjoying the Instagram as well. And hopefully you could enjoy the content coming out for 2020. If you're a podcaster out there, if you're in the cannabis space, do not hesitate to reach out to us because we are actively getting a collection of people who we reach out and see out here in the world or see in the world, sorry for the Ebonics for some of you guys, that's a little too uppity for the Ebonics, but I'm reaching out to them to try and reach out in the podcast. I feel like everybody in this world has a story. Everybody in this world has information to share with one another via their own experiences. So, for instance, you know, I'll save the surprise of who it is later, but there's an individual on Instagram as I'm scrolling, you know, just on Instagram, just scrolling. I see a guy say that, Friday was his last day at his job. He quit his job and decided to go full-fledged in the cannabis industry with the goal of connecting people in the industry together. And I love the idea. I love the story. I love the passion because only with that level of passion and that level of conviction can you accomplish such grandiose dreams and accolades. So with that, I tip my hat and you guys will hear from him soon. And everybody else who have reached out to record a podcast, I did not forget let me know you have time. We'll sit down and record. You know what I'm saying? We get this done because I want our high fam to hear what it is to be like in the industry trying to grow or if you've already made it to a high level industry already. That way, that way, not only is your business getting, you know, exposure towards people in the industry, you're inspiring people in the industry to do similar to what you've done, to learn from your experiences. You understand? Because even though we're very different people, we're all very unique. We all have similar stories in some way. And we can all educate, we can all inspire, and we can all enjoy this thing we call cannabis together. So, with that being said, uh, Lifetime movie corny ending aside, stay tuned and stay high, folks. High TV. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We have a lot more coming to you. I wish you the best of luck this 2020. Uh, I want you to do something for me, though. If you're listening to this podcast, you're an avid listener, I want you to rate this podcast five stars on Apple Music, please, if you can. Follow us or subscribe to us on Spotify if that's where you listen to it. It helps our podcast get more listens. It helps our podcast get more exposure on the internets, if you will. And uh, one more thing. If you rated five stars, you've already subscribed to us. You're like, hey, I want something else to do too. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is not check your phone. And I'll tell you why real quick. Your brain when you're sleeping is on a different uh, wave, right? It's alpha waves, theta waves, delta waves. Your brain is, I believe, under the theta, the theta waves, excuse me, theta waves. And when your brain is under theta waves, as in you're sleeping and you just woke up, that's when you are the most susceptible and the most susceptible to influence. So if you take your phone up as the first thing you do, when you wake up in the morning, that means your brain is being inundated with these advertisements and information and stuff you probably don't want in your brain. So if you want your 2020 to go different, you can change that first five to 10 minutes of your day. When you wake up, go ahead and brush your teeth, take care of what you gotta take care of, go out and go exercise if you can, because it will legit change the way your brain operates if in that first five to 10 minutes you can do something different whether it's reading something brain stimulating, whether you're meditating to stimulate your soul or spiritually, or you're doing something else that can help you out for the long term in the future. 
We all want a successful 2020 because the vision is clear, and I want the same for you guys and listening. So I know I signed off already, but you know the deal. I do it once. I do it once. I do it twice. I do it three times. Stay tuned and stay high, folks. ITV. Don't forget. Don't check your phone when you wake up. See you next week.